0: Good morning. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry and I have Rachel Smalling in. you're kind of a a serial entrepreneur, um, but we're going to talk about 1854 cocktail bar and lounge today. So welcome, Rachel. Thank you. Glad to be here. So 1854. Can, do we shorten it all or we, we say the whole mouthful each time? I just shorten it. Just 1854. Is 1854. Yeah. So um, first of all, what is 1854? What's the, the significance? Yeah, of the 1854
1: is the year that Putnam County was founded. So I wanted a name that was kind of representative of Cookville. And that's what we settled on.
0: Uh, so it is Cookville. I, I assume I'm going to just I'm going to give it this title. If it's not, it's the first speakeasy. Maybe it's the most recent speakeasy. Probably Correct. there probably were speakeasies here in eighteen fifty four, but <laughs> um so it is a speakeasy in Cookville, Tennessee. Tell me about it. It's it's so different.
1: Sure. Um I guess it didn't start as a speakeasy concept, but we just kind of kept referring to it as that. And uh you've seen the space is kind of all interior and you feel like you're not in Cookville anymore. Um, And so we just really kind of played that up with our our secret entrance and it looks like just a normal office door and then you kind of enter and you're in another world. So we just kind of let that
0: speakeasy vibe take over. What was the original concept for the space?
1: Um, The original concept was just a high end kind of elegant cocktail bar Um, and we knew it was going to be small and intimate. Um, but the speakeasy just kind of was an extra fun element that we
0: added in. For sure. Well, I mean, it's definitely just different and cool. And um, so what was the basis of start? like thinking, OK, let's have a, a bar on the square. So it's just off the square. Um what was what was the motivation behind it
1: yeah um i suppose cocktails and and food has been a passion of mine for you know the past 10 15 years it's what i love to do when i travel um go to all the coolest bars in the big cities and all of that so it's been a passion um but really it started a couple of years ago doing some market research and figuring out okay if we want to do a cocktail bar concept in cookville what's kind of our niche what does cookville not have already and we have a lot of great local restaurants and bars are kind of a more casual atmosphere so we decided to go to the opposite route and do a more elegant upscale
0: environment and so you wanted to make sure that it was upscale we decided you decided i say we you decided um to do the speakeasy concept so it really truly is kind of it's not noticeable and have you found so far that that has been an issue for you um, it opened so... officially just oh, like a, a week or two ago. Um, it was September.
1: Twenty first was our opening to the public. Uh, we did a couple of soft openings before that that were invitation only. Um, yeah, I think that the element of it being a speakeasy, we try and make it really obvious on our website uh, how you get in, how you find our doors. Um, it's on our social media pages. There's videos showing you. So yeah, if you, if you want to come, obviously just check our website or um, if you're confused, give us a call and we'd be happy to help
0: you out. It was definitely, um, well, and this has been, I think a few of the restaurants and places in town have kind of done this like um, almost like a media buzz beforehand. And you definitely did that. You, I mean, how how long ago did you start your social media? Do you remember? Uh,
1: we started our social media pages back in January when we started construction.
0: Okay, so 10-ish, month, 9, 10 months ago. Um, and I think that Glass Tangerine did something similar to this. Fire and Vine did something similar of just kind of creating a buzz. And I feel like this is maybe the... F- where Cookville's heading is having a buzz and having, we're so, um everybody wants to be in the know in this community. Everybody wants to know yeah. what's going on. I mean, I, I was in so many conversations with people in the past 10 months where it was like, no, I think it's in this building. No, I think it's in that building. No, I think it's in this a- area. Um, I was dead set that I thought it was um, the little side street behind where um, the Monkey Wrench used to be, but it's the East side of the square. I thought it was in that block. And I was dead set that. that, And then somebody (laughs) said, no, it's in that state farm building, the insurance building that's kind of across from the center. No one knew where this like it was just the gossip around town of where it was actually going to be.
1: Yeah. And that was kind of intentional to create that um, little bit of buzz uh, but we also knew that we were going to be very um, specific when we did open about where we were and how to find us. So, yeah, that that was a bit int- intentional. And also, you know, we were there every night and weekend doing construction on the space. So we did have a few people that uh, found us <laughs> during construction and they walk in and they're like, you open? And we're like covered in drywall dust. Yeah, <laughs> like, <yeah>. Clearly not. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. But they're like, let me give me the, the oh yeah. the side scoops. Towards so that the can- end.
1: People, four or five people a night would be like walking in the back door and like wanting to see progress and like meet us. And it was a lot of fun. It created a lot of kind of reassurance for me that, oh, this is a cool idea. But it was also like, okay, we we can't open if you keep bothering us kind of thing. So we had to start locking the doors.
0: In case you're just tuning in, I have Rachel Smalling, the owner of 1854 Cocktail Bar and Lounge, a new speakeasy that's opened on the square. Can we say on the square? I mean, yeah, I I definitely think it's it's on the square. It's it's in that area of town. So where where, do you have an interior design? Um, I mind because there's definitely an aesthetic thought process of what the inside looks like.
1: Yeah, I think on all of my projects so far, first with the motels and then with the speakeasy, I've done all of the design um, and picking finishes and everything myself uh, with the help of my partner who is, um, he does contracting. So that's helpful. But for the most part, the design, I kind of go with uh, an inspiration piece, which for us was definitely our barback, which is a really cool carved piece from the early 1800s. Um, so I kind of took that piece and ran with it and said, OK, this is going to be our vibe And fit everything around that in terms of, you know, the wallpaper and the lighting and. We sourced everything from the furniture to the lights to a lot of the small pieces from antique stores and things like that. So.
0: so, we I actually had a conversation with the bartenders when I was in there about the bar bag. And so, tell me about that piece and where you found it and how it, it came to be in your bar.
1: Yeah. Um, well, actually, it was already in the space when we rented it from our landlord. He had um, bought it for his personal home uh, and decided that it just didn't quite fit. So, when I saw that piece, I jokingly said that it would make a great barback cuz it's a beautiful um, piece of carved furniture that's you know very large scale and very ornate and,
0: and like the the 1854 kind of feel to it where it's probably hand carved exactly. it probably weighs seven thousand pounds yeah it's very heavy yeah. <laughs> um,
1: took several people to help us move that yeah but uh yeah he basically gifted it to us while renting the space and i designed my whole bar around it so it's definitely worth a see
0: yeah that is crazy and that space and so i had the conversation with you what was that space in there before i mean you, you can't really picture it as anything else now
1: yeah um i think the building history originally that whole uh side of the building was a furniture store and then it was an upholstery shop and then it was accounting offices. And so it's been a myriad of things over the years. Actually, it was really fun when we were pulling some of the trim off the doors. uh, Some old business cards fell out from the upholstery shop that was there back in the 80s. So that was fun. I have some of those cards still. Um, but yeah, it was basically just uh, private storage, and that's where we found some of the cool pieces that were loaned to us and
0: yeah, I was sitting at the bar, um, and the woman next to me said she used to work in an office space in the downstairs and I'm like well what was here and she said I don't know I never even paid attention so when you go in the main door which there's no sign outside or anything like that but when you go in the main door there's stairs down to the right or stairs up to the left and and she said she would just come into work and never even paid never even looked in that direction whatsoever and she had no idea what was up there so and I even think those doors um, so for those who are kind of like what where are we where it's on Madison that's correct yeah 18
1: north madison avenue
0: when you're standing on the exterior door of 1854 you're looking at jacob's ladder the playground the little playground for jacob's mm-hmm. ladder um for those people who are familiar with downtown cookville um but it even those like i mean i lived here for 10 years and i have parked in in those spots right there to go around the corner and go to poets yep. and i've never thought and I've, I've thought well what isn't? What's in there? Because yep. it's just there's doors that have no signs on them. They've never had anything on there. And there's some cool lights outside, but nothing. Yeah,
1: I feel like it would kind of ruin the speakeasy vibe if I put a giant sign outside. Well, and I,
0: but, but it, it kind of lended <laughs> itself to yeah, what you no, were doing it, anyway. It,
1: it really did. And I knew, you know, if this idea was ever going to work, that it couldn't be your traditional storefront or strip mall kind of space that most real t- retail places want. We needed something a little bit more different and a little bit more interior.
0: So do you feel like you've owned some businesses not in Cookville. How are you feeling about kind of the atmosphere of some of the other places? Do you feel like, you know, you don't have, sir, you, you have uh, appetizers, but not like full meals. So people are going to plan a night where this is part of their night. This is probably not the whole night for them. Yeah. Um. So have you kind of, do you feel like you can need to help create a whole experience for people? Or it's like, well, we're just like. This is our standalone thing.
1: Yeah, I think I approach the entire business concept from a perspective of the entire process as an experience from the moment that you kind of locate us and figure out where we are to coming into our, you know, entryway, which you've seen has a kind Mm -hmm. of a secret door, hidden door. Um, and then into the bar space, which is like a totally other hidden world in there. Um, I wanted to create an experience from the the very start to the very finish. Um, and in terms of the cocktails, I think that those speak for themselves. But the food was really kind of um, something that I was up in the air about for a long time. And thankfully, I have a great uh, team working with me and some very creative people that are very good at what they do. Um, so I, I couldn't do it without them for sure. But um, yeah, the food has been one thing that surprised me, actually. I didn't anticipate that many people would be participating in the food. Um, but actually almost 100% of people that come in do order off the food menu, and sometimes that is their full dinner. Uh, if you do two or three small plates, it's definitely enough to uh, fill you up for a meal. Um, or they just want to kind of sample and share and enjoy their cocktails. So,
0: Well, and do you feel like people – I mean, you've had some soft opening events, and and you, it's only been maybe a week or so now. But um, have you – are people kind of staying and, ha- you know, it's just a, a place to – Relax and unwind, and it does it feel like kind of a 1950 or 1854? Yeah. Speakeasy feel where people are just hanging out for the evening
1: for sure. And it's a lot of fun to um, see that vision come to life and to see other people enjoying that and um, truly enjoying their evening or their date night or their special occasion um, in our space. So that's exactly what I wanted.
0: Well, and I think it's, it's just such a different concept and I think it'll be exciting to see it kind of unfold and how. What people do use it for if they use it as, hey, this is our precursor to the rest of our night. This is the end of our night. This is, you know, kind of how it unfolds of of what people turn that experience into. Yeah, I agree. Office Mart. Welcome back. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry and I have Rachel Smalling from 1854 Cocktail Bar and Lounge in today. So we've kind of talked about the aesthetics there and and where you're located and all all the outside details. But tell me about, so the cocktails are what makes it the thing. Um, So tell me about the cocktails. Tell me about the ingredients you're using, the ice cubes. I know that's a huge thing with any high-end cocktail is the ice cubes and so tell me about it all
1: yeah for sure um so our cocktail menu our primary cocktail menu features about eight different drinks um that we've been working on finessing doing all of our final ingredient sourcing figuring out how we're gonna display those et cetera, whatnot um, we've been working on that since january pretty much we met weekly um every week since january to kind of finalize that list. you keep
0: saying we who mm-hmm. are the people that were like And how do you become a liquor cocktail connoisseur? Yeah.
1: Uh, You go to a lot of bars. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, it really was kind of my... My favorite pastime is when we go to big cities, we'd find the speakeasies and we go to the really high end places. And, and, you know, now it's research. When you go to a bar, you get to watch. And I always sit at the bar and I always watch the bartender and I've done that for years. Um, So you kind of learn and watch and, oh, that's cool. And, oh, we could do that. Oh, we couldn't do that kind Uh of thing. So learning. Um, But we, in terms of my team is um, obviously my partner, Alex Connor helped me build the bar and started this whole concept with me. Um, But also my bartender, Trey uh, Taylor, who is phenomenal, and he's been with me since the beginning. And then uh, my friend, Lauren Swift, who does all of my kitchen and my social media, and she's just my all-around creative. So it definitely takes a whole team to get something like this off the ground.
0: So what makes the cocktails different than going over to hooligans <laughs> yeah
1: um, I think that every bar has its place in a community and there are you know some bars that are going to be more high volume or more budget friendly um, and there's certainly a place for all of those to be good and for people to enjoy um, but for us we wanted to focus more on higher end cocktails that are maybe a bit more complicated so our cocktail menus first of all we home make all of our syrups and our juices they're fresh squeezed on everything. Um, so that's one difference is we don't use anything that's um, shelf stable or not freshly made. In fact, all of the herbs are from our gardens
0: and locally sourced
1: and things like that. So, so that's that your different... menu will
0: change based on what's seasonal locally.
1: Correct. Um, so our cocktail menu will pretty much stay the same because those ingredients are pretty stable. Um, but we do have some fall, winter, spring and summer menus. Actually, our fall menu is about to roll out next week, and I'm pretty excited for that, um, as well as our fall food menu. So um, the food will change as well seasonally.
0: And tell me about, so I was, um, I had a giant ice cube, one cube that was a giant thing in my, um, I had a Majestic Uh that was kind of like a margarita, they said. That's kind of my go-to drink. Um, But then um, the people next to me had, I think maybe it was an 1854, Mm 1854. And they had flowers in their Correct, ice cube. Yeah. So, so tell me about why ice cubes matter <laughs> when it comes to yeah, a cocktail.
1: Ice matters all the way from the aesthetic to how it looks when it comes out at your table. If you notice also that ice is crystal clear, so mm-hmm. that's really important.
0: Why? Um, tell me. Tell for those people who are like, <laughs> I don't get it. So why is that? Why does it matter?
1: Yeah, I mean, for the most part, it's aesthetic, right? But it also matters in the quality of your drink. So if you get that whole cube in there instead of a bunch of pebble ice or whatever other kind of ice, it's not going to water that down nearly mm-hmm. as much, but it's also going to cool it more evenly. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you ever notice like a high-end cocktail bar, if they're stirring your martini, they're usually stirring it with a big block of ice in there. Mm-hmm. And that's so it gets evenly cooled, but not super watered down. Um, so that's why it's in your your old-fashioned or your Majestica or our um, tea. But yeah, the flour is just kind of a fun little... Um, visual aspect for that ice yeah that so
0: that was and that's only i said well how come i couldn't get a flower and they said well you didn't order it at 1854 <laughs> and so um, that's the special ice cube with the flowers in it for those special drinks and then tell me about kind of some of the food that you have what are the the current, um, bites that are on the menu.
1: Yeah. Um, so our most popular the past month has been our charcuterie. Um, and we do kind of a fresh chorizo hand shaved, um, prosciuttos and then imported cheeses. Um, and then just pair those with fresh fruits and some dips and some fresh baked bread. So, um, charcuterie, and then we have, um, tea sandwiches and those will change seasonally. We're about to roll those over. Um, and bread and different dips and some bar nuts with rosemary and cayenne and shrimp cocktail and deviled eggs. The deviled eggs are one of my favorite. Uh, and those will change seasonally as well. And then, of course, desserts.
0: In case you're just joining us, we have Rachel Smalling from 1854 Cocktail Bar and Lounge. Where do you, How do you know this stuff? <laughs> I mean, yes, you've gone to bars and you've kind of studied. Um, I mean, I know that sometimes... People who are beer brewers, there's a a beer school that people can go to. How did you learn all the pairings of the food that the higher end food and cheeses and all that kind of stuff with with these cocktails and where? where? Yeah, um,
1: lots of trial and error and a great creative team with me. I definitely, I guess, have had a lot of imposter syndrome since starting this because I've never even worked in a restaurant, let alone started one or run one. Yeah. Um, so actually kind of what intimidated me the most was kind of the back end and front end processes of how to do that stuff. Not so much the food and drink. I wasn't as worried about that because I felt like we had something really solid. Um, so yeah, I just kind of dove in and I read every night and, you know, worked 80, 90 hour weeks to do research and get it all done. And I paid to put myself through bartending school and, you know, just so really... So you,
0: you did go to the get the certifications? And- yeah,
1: for sure. And I think that's just, you know, kind of step one. Step two is, you know, the passion and the research. And step three is, you know, having the right team around you for sure.
0: Do you think you wanted... Were you interested in creating something different and special specifically here in Cookville or was it just, ah, oh, Speakeasy's cool. I like to go to, to them in different places or was it this Cookville needs this? Yeah,
1: definitely the latter. Um, if you read the front of our menu, it says uh, bar for the people by the people of Cookville. So that's mm-hmm. something that I, I wanted to share that experience and the whole atmosphere and everything that we've created with people in the community, because I know, as myself or a young person when I want to go to you know a really high end cocktail bar or a higher end restaurant, I drive to Nashville or Chattanooga or Knoxville, right, and I just feel like Cookville's ready. Maybe 10 years ago, people wouldn't have understood this concept, but Cookville's ready now, and people are kind of itching for that more intimate, upscale environment.
0: Well, and one of the things that we we mentioned, you and I mentioned, is that not everybody is is into cocktails, so you have an option for people who don't drink on your menu as well.
1: Yeah, we have a lot of non-alcoholic options. Um, believe it or not, I own a cocktail bar, but I actually don't drink that much. <laughs> I maybe have like a cocktail maybe at most once every week or two. I just I I don't know. I just I'm not much into drinking. Um I enjoy the art form of it for sure, but mm-hmm. I just don't really consume that much alcohol. So for me my passion has been the mocktails side of it. Um so my bartender kind of focuses on the cocktails and that creativity and I focus more on the mocktail and that side. Um and we have about 8 mocktails on our menu and they feature Just as nice of ingredients as our cocktails, obviously, minus the liquor. Um, So, yeah, they're fresh juices, fresh syrups. We put just as much effort into that menu as our cocktail menu.
0: And they're served just like the, the cocktails. So um, if, if for whatever reason it is that you're not drinking, um, you don't have to feel like, oh, well, here's your plastic cup. Yep, your plastic <laughs> cup of Diet Coke or whatever with your ice while your friends get all their beautiful drinks. Yeah. No, that was something
1: I was very passionate about. Like you said, for whatever reason that you're not consuming alcohol, um, I think that you should be able to enjoy a night and you know be in that elegant space with your friends and partake with a beautiful drink as well.
0: Well, and, and did you worry that that would deter people? Whatsoever? Well, either way, I think either having just a, a, a cocktail lounge um, could deter people of ugh, that's that's just a terrible concept or having that mocktail. I mean, you said you had a lot of imposter syndrome, but yeah. were you worried about either of those elements?
1: Um, not so much. Uh, we kind of, you know, went all in and I felt like we had a pretty solid concept. And, you know, in business, I think it's always important to have an exit strategy and a backup plan, and a plan B, C, and D. So I feel like I've
0: got those in place. And yeah, we're just going to roll with it and have fun. Covering all the bases. We'll be right back. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Tiffany Anton from the Biz Foundry, and I have Rachel Smalling in, owner of 1854 Cocktail Bar and Lounge gone through the menu, gone through all the beautiful, I mean, you definitely have to check out social media, check out the space, but um there's just so many elements of the place that it's not just, it's not just the food. It's not just the cocktails. It's not just the mocktails. It's not just the way you walk into the place. There's just so many elements. Um, We were kind of talking um when I was there, there could be a bingo card of like, you know just elements that are on the, the wallpaper or you know there's just so many things that the re- the receipts come in a book just little elements that I think you've set up just such a cool space oh thank you I
1: appreciate that yeah so the this details is, were fun.
0: this isn't your first venture into business you kind of mentioned that you have a couple of hotels and so tell me about those
1: sure um so in 2020, what were we all doing? Um, nothing, right? So <laughs> in 2020, my partner and I, um, we had a boat, so we would go out on the lake a lot, up near Sunset Marina. And every time we'd come home, we'd drive by this sad little motel that was then the Obi River Inn. Uh, and we'd drive by that, and we'd joke, and we'd say oh, we should buy that and fix it up, you know, it'd be a fun little COVID project. Well. Like, fast forward to a month and a half later, and we're like signing the closing documents and we bought it. And then we're kind of looking at each other, like, what have we done? Um, but we dove in and we started renovations actually, Labor Day weekend of that year, it was September of 2020. And we wrapped in April of 21. So we really hit it kind of hard and fast because that was a total gut job. And, you know, I've got a bunch of brothers, he's got a bunch of brothers. So it was really kind of a family. Overhaul affair, for sure, up there. Um, Gave you
0: something to do during 2020. Yeah,
1: exactly. I mean, what else? We weren't going out to eat. We weren't, you know, traveling. All of our travel plans got canceled, so we might as well have been renovating a motel. Yeah. So, yeah, and we opened in April of 21, and that was kind of our first... Business venture together uh, as a couple. We just started dating in 2019. So we kind of dove straight <laughs> Make into it or that. Break it, let's yeah. try it. I always think that uh, any couple should at least have to like renovate a kitchen together or something before yeah. they can get married. So yeah. yeah, we've done now two motels and a cocktail bar. So,
0: so um, there's 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 kind of a, a TV show, I think, that has like mo- motel renovation kind yeah. of thing. That's, this is a, a craze, I feel like, that's kind of going on. Were you into the shows of like. And into renovations no, and this interior was, decorating? No, this was like totally
1: out of left field, like boredom. Like I was working for the symphony at the time, but it was Brian the middle symphony of York. Yeah, Brian symphony um, concert this coming Sunday, I believe. Sunday, October 1st. Um, but yeah, I was working for the symphony. So I was doing a lot of basically nothing during COVID because we couldn't have events. We couldn't have any um, fundraisers or anything like that. So yeah, we kind of dove all in and I had been running Airbnbs for the previous five, six years. I had actually I think I had the second Airbnb in Cookville. It's out uh-huh. of my guest suite in my house. Um, but yeah, so I had always loved hospitality in that aspect of things, which I guess really isn't that far of a left turn to a bar if you go into the hospitality industry. Yeah. Um but yeah, we just kinda jumped in and went with this cute boutique lake vibe. And Alex, my partner, has the skills to know how to do things efficiently and and really well and make them look great. He has a lot of um skills with with trim and and really he can do it all, all the way from the electrical, the plumbing, the finishing, everything. So that was a huge asset.
0: But there's a big difference between the nonprofit sector to, which is what Brian Symphony Orchestra is, mm-hmm. to running a business, um, hiring staff, figuring out how to ch- charge the, you know, all those kind of elements. Where did you get the skills to understand how to Run a business.
1: Yeah. Um, really, it's not that different. <laughs> um, I think there's a con- misconception with nonprofits that they don't make a profit, but yeah. that's not true. <laughs>
0: it's a tax I, status. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But
1: the the nonprofit skills of leadership for me were definitely big. Um, also, you know, the years of working operations for music festivals and working with guest artists and things like that, that hospitality was already there and something I knew I was passionate about. So the leap to creating a motel and... We also created that business in a way that is very hands off for me. I mean, yes, sometimes you're up there at 1130 p.m. on Labor Day weekend because the septic system has broken. That's not fun. But for the most part, um, it's it's pretty hands off in the way that we've set it up with just Airbnb, VRBO and our online bookings. Um, So, yeah, that was kind of I knew a basically turnkey place once we were done that was going to hopefully, fingers crossed, make us some money. And it felt like it was COVID proof as well because it was up on the lake.
0: Did you feel like you were, you know, Birdstown and like you said, that that motel has probably been there for a long time, mm-hmm. run down. Yep. Did you feel like you wanted to, similar to 1854 and a different kind of concept in Cookville, did you feel like you wanted to impact Birdstown and bring something different to the area? Was there kind of that motivation? Yeah,
1: I think that there was for sure a lot. I mean, most of Birdstown's, incoming money and population and travelers. It's all tourism and it's all the lake. And there wasn't really anywhere super kind of boutique or cute to stay. So I felt like that was kind of a niche that we could break into. Um, but I've also had a lot of fun really being in that community. I'm now on the um, board for the Chamber of Commerce up there and I serve on um, the lodging funding committee or up there or whatever. And it's, it's been a lot of fun to get to know the people up there. And they truly do care about their small community. And it's been fun to uh, get to be a part of kind of revitalizing some of that.
0: Has it been hard for you to kind of break it? Sometimes, sometimes these like smaller communities, smaller rural are like, you ain't from here. We ain't, you know, we don't want your kind. Like, I think that they... Sometimes people just they're they're proud of of what they have and they yeah. don't think that necessarily well that won't work because we've never done that before have you did you kind of have to teach people the concept a little bit of like, here, here, this is what I'm doing and I think it's going to work. It'll be OK. It'll be it'll bring dollars into your area.
1: Yeah, exactly. I think there, there's a little bit of that, but not from the people that own businesses or not from the people that are really kind of moving and shaking in the community. It's the people that maybe aren't involved in that central activity that mm-hmm. maybe have those opinions. So if that's the case, you just kind of like move on and do your thing. And I feel kind of like that. You know, that Vine video where they're like, hold my hand, hold my hand, we're going. That's that's me, I feel like.
0: <laughs> I think that that's, um, it's very interesting because I think that all, a lot of the small communities I live in, all good, and there are some people that aren't movers and shakers and they just like what they've had. They don't want more traffic. They yep. don't want progress. And so, but kind of figuring out that each community probably has movers and shakers and figuring out a way to bring those movers and shakers together, I think is so beneficial for those rural areas. And it doesn't mean that we're trying to overhaul everything and change everything, but it's like, hey, you have this great area. Let's yeah. figure out how to bring tax dollars into this area and yeah. make some money and, and be able to do, do more and better things for this community.
1: Exactly. Because if you bring the dollars into that community, it benefits the people that live there year round.
0: If you're just tuning in, I have Rachel Smalling from 1854 Cocktail Bar and Lounge. We were just talking about um, your motels. You have two now. Um, Are they both in Birdstown? Uh, Yep. One is the Lakeside
1: Inn, just a half mile south of the Sunset uh, Bridge or Sunset Marina. And then one is about two miles north. It's the uh, Sportsman's Lodge at Dale Hollow.
0: So both of those, um, and you're on social media with both of those? Uh, Yep. We are on social media. And how can people find you if they're trying to find those locations? Yeah, I
1: think our handle for Lakeside is at Lakeside Inn at Dale Hollow. And then the Sportsman's Lodge is just Sportsman's Lodge at Dale Hollow.
0: So go check out those pictures, and you can um, book on VRBO or Airbnb for both of those.
1: Uh, for the Lakeside Inn, yep, it's online bookings. But for the Sportsman's Lodge, we are actually old school with an old paper book, and you call and make reservations. Speaking of
0: old school <laughs> um, and calling, so just talk real quick about the phone <laughs> at 1854. When I first got that phone, so
1: it, it kind of looks like, you know, the old school phone that you have to put up to your, the earpiece to your ear and then talk into the mouthpiece, right? like so two and, separate things. Yeah, yeah, like a late 1800s kind of era phone. Like from the 1854 yeah.
0: era. Yeah. So <laughs>
1: it's, it's really funny and actually when I first got it and plugged it in, I used to just call our number and make my bartender answer it because it was really funny to watch <laughs> him answer the phone. Um, but yeah, it really does work and people are surprised when it rings and we answer it because they think it's funny. But
0: people are yeah. so excited. Yeah, everybody at the bar, they were all talking about it. You were talking on the phone when <laughs> I was there and, and it was just like, what is that? That You know, it looks yeah, like real. just decor because it's where it's sitting. Yeah, it and looks it just, fake. It
1: looks like a piece of decoration. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I'm sure that, that, that the time of, of picking out all the pieces and there's some great, beautiful chandeliers in there and just all the thing. I mean, even the sinks are ornate. And I'm sure that was just such a fun time over the past Oh, we, yeah.
1: We, uh, I hit up all of the antique stores in Cookville and All Good and Knoxville and Nashville and, Chattanooga and you know had a lot of fun weekends with that with friends and family and then uh, also got some of our furniture I will give a shout out to the uh, Livingston Furniture Store because they custom made a lot of our pieces and they're phenomenal over there so yeah
0: that's awesome so what do you think is the future so you've kind of done these I mean in it's been a relatively short time frame I don't know if you have have taken this into account
1: three businesses in four years yeah
0: so what's what's kind of I mean is this just what's there's a new business coming next year or are we like you know, I'm tired. Yeah, <laughs> um, taking a breather. And
1: yeah, I think that my partner Alex and I promised each other like five years, but that doesn't count storage units or laundromats or spec houses, things that are hands off. So yeah, this is kind of our last business, and it's really way more hands on and time consuming. It it's a full time job in itself, in addition to the other um, businesses and all of the other community things that I do. So yeah, I'm. I'm hopeful that in a couple of years, maybe I'll get a day a week off. That's what I look forward to, but we're not quite there yet. But yeah, no more businesses.
0: Well, and you're just—you have that passion and that drive just to make your community a better place. Absolutely. From the nonprofit work to starting the businesses, it's just you want to make an impact on this community, and so it's hard. It's like even though yeah, you're working eight days a week, uh, it might be nice to like take a day off, but also <laughs> like you just really love what you're doing.
1: I, I really do love what I do, and the fact that now I'm working for myself and this the time my 10 years at the symphony were phenomenal and I'm so glad that I was able to to kind of give back in that nonprofit way and it I met so many people and had such a market of people um when I did go into business for myself that that was super helpful to have that network um but yeah it's fun to now see all of my hard work pay off in a way that is beneficial for the community and people that get to enjoy our space at 1854 but also For my staff, who so far have seemed to love working there. We have a great team. And, yeah, to see that flourish, it's fun.
0: Well, and I think that there's just something magical about this area. I think people want to support new concepts, and they want to support small businesses. And so there's probably not – I believe there's not a better place in the world that you can start a small business than here. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I'm probably – paid to say that but (laughs) but i truly believe it too so if you want to check out 1854 cocktail bar and lounge go to their social media check them out on social media you can make reservations Mm -hmm. those are strongly suggested and go over madison avenue the two double doors glass doors you can check it out and go say hi to rachel she's there most of the time yep every shift thanks so much for joining us we'll see you next week